Welcome to the Alcon Maddox COVID-19 War Plan podcast series. Our world has changed forever. The COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in rapid adaptation on a global scale, affecting both our personal and commercial lives. Our ability to develop and evolve business processes and practice has never been more important. During this solution-orientated podcast series, we have unraveled the current top of mind dangers faced by business managers in the technology sector and pieced together actionable strategies with the help of industry experts. We aim to help as many companies as possible chart a course through these turbulent times and wish you every commercial success in the future. Episode 13, is it the right time to pivot? In order to stay relevant in the new economic landscape, Many SMEs are weighing up the opportunity cost of pivoting or not. In this session with Abe Seksek, COO at Rainmaking, we discuss varying degrees of pivot and the strategies available to mitigate risk. Firstly, get your finances in order. Secondly, get your team in order. And finally, get an advisory board that can provide you with the necessary insights. So, um, uh, again, my name is uh, Abe Saksek. Uh, actually, my real name is Ibrahim, but uh, everybody knows me in the ecosystem as uh, Abe. Um, so, um, what we do is, I currently man a company called um, Rainmaking, which we, we have three major pillars of, of our businesses. And uh, the first one is we run an accelerator uh, for startups. Uh, it's called Startup Bootcamp. We own this uh, brand globally. We have programs running from every corner on earth, from Australia to Mexico. We have three programs in MENA right now. Um, we also, our second pillar of business is we find corporates. Uh, uh, we find corporates um, and we link them up with uh, uh, late stage startups or scale-ups so they can expand uh, their business. And the third thing that we do that we're really heavy on and what is very relevant to this topic is we do venture builds. So we build companies from the ground up with corporates to certain uh, to target or to tackle certain uh, uh, aspects of their business that they want to address. Uh, and this question, and I also uh, co-host a show called The Pivotal Show talks about uh, pivoting and talking about adding either uh, new features or products or even completely changing the business. And that is a show that we started actually during the pandemic uh, um, um, with me and my two co-hosts who also helped uh, as mentors in our programs for startups. Uh, and I know Richard is, is, as well uh, on those uh, programs. He mentors a lot of our startups there. And it's quite interesting. Hey, just to jump in a second, you mentioned obviously startups, Coraline. You're obviously, you're, you yeah. obviously come from a corporate background, but now you're obviously quite heavily involved in the startup community. It's sure. interesting because pivot, at least to me, is, is often associated with startups. Um, but the reality is pivot isn't a word that is should only be used for startups, right? And I think that's the reason why we're discussing this topic today, because there are more and more companies, because of the current situation, they're in this, uh, they, they find themselves at, a, at a, a crossroads, if you like, where customer needs are changing, the market's evolving. Um, they're questioning, is their current business model even relevant 
So there, there is an inherent need to consider pivot. And, and again, just to be clear, we're not necessarily talking about a complete overhaul of their existing business, yeah. which is what yeah, that's pivot is. Well, it's, it could well, see the, the term pivot actually became very popular with the startups. But in all mm. fairness, it is not uh, just startup based. It's you know what I mean? Any company, any SME, any tech firm, even major corporations, they pivot. Uh, and a pivot, um, you know, there is a misunderstanding what a pivot is. A lot of people think a pivot is a complete business change. Like, you know, you yeah. know, they're doing A, now they're doing B. No, that's not the case. Uh, mm. Sometimes companies go, and I say companies, not startups, they go through a series of mini pivots that, you know, down the road, like after a couple of years, it looks like I'm, this company was able to uh, maneuver out of a certain situation and completely change their business. So uh, it just became very popular in this era of all these startups and the tech startups and uh, what's happening globally right now. So, but the pivot actually has been there forever, but maybe not as uh, known as a as a word, I guess, uh, yeah. than it is in these days. I think I think also the the I think perhaps the reason why it's it's gained more um, exposure from a from a from the startup community is I guess it's a lot easier if you if you if you assume that a pivot is a complete overhaul of a business then it's a lot yeah. easier for a young company to pivot um, because they they're just restarting in a sense but most of the companies that I'm I'm having conversations with now they're not they're, they're clearly not startups they're you know they're multi million dollar organizations, their SMEs or SMBs, if you want to define them. Um, yeah. So this is really the question. It's like, should we pivot? Is, is, is it is really, a, I guess, a worry for some companies because they're like, oh, my, my existing customer base is changing. Their needs are evolving to the extent that I, I don't recognize perhaps some of my customers anymore. So there's sure. an inherent understanding that, yes, I need to change, but what can I do? to mitigate the risk of perhaps making a wrong decision right and this is this is really what's, what's driving this conversation i think at the moment yeah and and, and i and i agree with you like uh, you know when we talked uh, every business leader whether it's a startup or a ceo of a multinational corporation they they always have ideas coming up you know what i mean but then because their business is driving them in a certain way they really didn't have the time uh, or didn't put that much effort in execution of these new ideas, right? But then I think the word pivot became super, super popular in the last four months with the pandemic because a lot of people's way they do business, what they were offering as products, what they were off offering as services completely changed. And people had to adapt uh, into a new way, of, into a new order of business, right? So uh, again, yeah. uh, you know, the pivot is not only changing the business, it could be even changing the way you do things, you know, you, you, uh, internally how you, uh, you know, like the workflow of anything that you you start can also pivot into a much either more, you know, flexible or more lenient or even more efficient, sometimes even less efficient, but to, you know, to make sure that, you know, like, like right now, going back to office is a big big issue for a lot of companies i know they're slowly back trickling back on to their offices but you know there was a it had to pivot you know from these uh rules of uh 
saying like these premises are only allowed to access certain applications and now they have to open it up for people's houses. So there was a lot of that uh, um, pivotal thinking, I guess, uh, happened even on a department level, even on a process level. So so really yeah. pivots happen everywhere, not, not even, not only as a business sense, but it also happens in that sense of how you do the business itself. Yeah, Corey, I think I think uh, when we talk about business process or, or the having to accommodate different behavior in the workplace, I think Siemens have come out and made a, a massive uh, announcement over the last couple of weeks. They they've announced that I think their their German operation, 140,000 workers are now allowed to work from home indefinitely. There's no there's no time period stipulated there. It's they can work from home for two to three days a week every week. Uh, and that's a massive recognition more than anything that um, you know there's not going to be a post-COVID-19 world, which is what many people have been touting. The reality is there is pre-COVID and there is COVID. Um, so we know already the kind of uh, behaviors that we will have to accommodate. We know perhaps uh, any reconfigurations of workspaces that we need to provide for. Um, so they've just said, yeah, we know we're doing it. And I think that's a very bold uh, and perhaps um, uh, very clear way of thinking, you know. And I think yeah, more and more yeah. companies. And, and, and it just shows you, like the pivot, the this pivot moment and the pivot is is all um, is all about the way of thinking, and it's not really what they execute. But like a lot of people keep wanting to add things to their business, but either have no time or really doesn't fit in their business, and and that is where we come to the three pillars uh, that we were wanted to talk me and you about uh, yeah. uh, for pivoting, you know what I mean? And the, and the first one is, you know, and it's always, you know, a lot of people think it's a yes and no answer. And sometimes it is, but, um, but they're always, there's a lot more deeper conversation to have with especially stakeholders in the company uh, mm. in bigger companies, you know, the C-suite would sit and, you know, discuss these points and see how close are they f from reality. Uh, yeah. But even in uh, smaller businesses, uh, uh, SMBs and even SMEs and startups, there's usually, it, it, usually it's done from at least one to two probably three people that, um, you know, act as a sounding board because they are pitching ideas to each other and they think, okay, what do you think if we do this and how can we validate that, that there's a, a product, uh, that there is a need for this product and all that good stuff. So, so, um, so I'm going to go th right through the first one and uh, say finances. And that, that's usually a yes or no answer. Do you have yeah. the money to operate such a plan? You know what I mean? There's two things here, right? So, it, and, I, and I guess it really depends on how you're planning to execute because finance is to take on a completely new um, revenue stream. Um, <clears throat> in addition to what you're currently pursuing, it's perhaps a very different assessment to um, wanting to down tools uh, on an existing one as well, right? Because yeah. the existing stream may be dwindling, but it may not be completely obsolete yet, at least. So there is so there's there's a clear assessment of um, you know what is the um, yeah what's the opportunity and the opportunity cost as well I guess yeah and 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 the thing is is um, like when when I talk about finances because a lot of times people want to add like a, a brand new product and if they have to build an actual product like either a tech item or even a a physical item and then 
you know, that requires a lot of time, uh, sorry, it requires a lot of finance in actually building the actual device. There's a lot of R&D in it. So, um, you know, you're probably going to have to talk to, um, it, it probably won't be able to be done in-house unless you're that big of a facility. So you're going to have to get external vendors out there. And all of that requires a lot of effort and a lot of finance because getting something like that would require a lot of money. And a lot of companies, especially during the pandemic, were barely uh, able to, you know, survive. And so um, have, you know, adding another product is just going to add a lot to the burn. So you want to control the burn as much as possible because, you know, um, yeah, because we know a lot of the businesses had a lot of customer facing aspect to their business. And with the pandemic, there was, and okay, there was a lot of Zoom calls, but there wasn't still that, you know, interaction of face to face. And so a lot of the business did suffer. And so burning through whatever cash reserves you had was very, very, very uh, important just to make sure what kind of, uh, you know, how, how long can you hold up before you, you know, God forbid, go, you go out of business or uh, going out there and seek funding or find a new investor or find a new partner, which still takes a lot of time and effort. So, so finances is a very, a very important part. And, you know, um, mostly, and, and, mostly, I've been just I've been uh, having these conversations with, um, you know, they, they obviously they're having to consider at the moment even before they entertain, let's say, pivoting, um, you know, in order to keep costs down short term. And the, the kind of time period that people have have kind of st stipulated to me has been six months, right? You know, we're we're good for six months, um, even during the most um, atrocious of crises. Before we're in a position where we have to uh, lay people off or make salary adjustments uh, or what have you, um, but yes, if they, if they get to that stage already and then they start to consider pivoting, which is I think the reality is what a lot of companies have had to do, right? Because there, I think when this pandemic first started, there was a period within which companies were, um, you know, and they can be forgiven for really thinking, okay, let's just hope that this goes away. Um, but obviously, with, I think everyone's now realised that well, this isn't going away. This is the new norm already. Um, we need to re reposition ourselves. So there will need to be perhaps a, a, an investment that has, wasn't anticipated. So, so where do they get those funds from if they don't have the, the war chest that um, they perhaps already spent just keeping everybody in play? So, you know, that's a very, that's a question I get asked almost on a daily basis, especially in my, uh, in my role, you know, because a lot of people are usually seeking funds and, yep. and, and seeking funds is, you know, the, the issue with it, you know, there's a couple of main issues about that is it's very time consuming from the founder's time. So instead of uh, the founders, uh, you know, going, uh, you know, being locked up with the R&D and all the product people to, to actually get this product out there. Uh, it takes a lot of time and effort to reach out to people saying, you know, we have this great idea. Uh, we're looking for X amount of dollars or dirhams. Uh, and then, and then, so that, that takes a lot of time and, and, and effort. Um, the other thing is, is obviously more established companies with, you know, seek traditional funding like you know bank loans and yes, um, yes. You know what I mean, or or, or friends and family, yeah, 
or or friends and family and friends and family is you know obviously usually that's the first thing people usually approach but uh, but again mm-hmm. you know it goes back to the argument of smart versus dumb money i guess uh and yeah. and smart money is what you need because smart money usually opens doors for you and mm-hmm. uh and so you you know you you're looking for that partner um you know you want to bring on board that could add a lot of value, especially if they're an industry expert in that domain that you're pivoting into. And if they bring in a bit of cash with them, that even makes it like a better deal for everybody, right? So, but that that is something that you, uh, I personally try to avoid because it is very, very time consuming uh, to go out there unless you, you have a full trust in your team, uh, which you should by now, but uh, uh, then you won't be involved as involved. Uh, but it's a, really a catch-22 because a lot of times, um, you know, people tell you, okay, can you explain more about the pivot? But because you're not as involved, you know, so you can't really explain, so you can't really raise the money, and it's it's a vicious cycle from there. And that's why uh, yeah. you mentioned something uh, a key. You want to know how much, you know, you're safe uh, for for the next couple of months. And I know a lot of companies, uh, um, you know, took either side, either went on, a, you know, slashing salaries from day one. Some people said, no, we're good for the next three to six months. Uh, but, you know, a month or two into it started thinking, okay, how how do we add more features? How do we add a new product? How do we pivot? So all that good stuff. So those are, in my opinion, those are the good leaders who, you know, have always has a good laid out plan for the future. Yeah, but it's interesting. Right at the beginning of this uh, pandemic, I was talking to one company that um, they they had a very clear strategy in that they they required all of their employees, board included, to to take um, a haircut, um, which is something I haven't done for many years, as you can see. <laughs> um, so they're taking a uh, taking a salary adjustment, but the reason behind the salary adjustment was not to uh, just cut costs in order to ride out uh, the store. Uh, they were cutting costs because they were repositioning themselves. They were bringing forward projects that were on the back burner that were quite honestly never going to make it off the back burner. Uh, but they saw the opportunity to do that and wanted to fast track it. So that short term adjustment that everybody bought into has now enabled the company um, to reposition itself for growth. Um, and we've actually got a conversation with them next week and they're. they're They've got a lot of hires that they need to make over the next um, few months because of this nice. switching direction, um, which means nice. obviously that the salary adjustments that have been made um, have been worthwhile from a strategic standpoint. And obviously those those people within the organization will be um, paid back and now that they're returning to growth. But it was just a very interesting, uh, it was interesting to talk to the leaders of the organization so early on because they were very, um, uh, they, 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 bit the bullet early on and made the decision, right? Whereas it's this period of indecision, I think, actually hinders companies from making pivots. Um, because the longer you hold off, the less likely you, it, it, it is an option, right? Especially when you consider things like um, cash flow, cash flow, because they just don't have, the, the, the resources they have to accommodate such a change are no longer there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. Is, is quite clearly uh, a very important factor. Um, well, this just a question to, to 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 people listening at the moment. And what are you, what are your guys' thoughts on on what we're discussing at the moment with, with regard to the finances, the, the the 
a definition, if you like, of, of Pivot. I'd be really interested to hear some of your insights into, um, you know, is it something you're experiencing in your business? Um, whether you whether your organizations have pivoted or it's something that's on uh, your mind at the moment. So the second part of this then, uh, if, if, if part one or strategy one, if you like, it was, was to get your finances in order. Um, and the second part, and in these, I don't think they're necessarily um, one follows the other. There are more uh, three to run in parallel to some extent. It's really the team that's in place, right? So talk us yes. through that what you mean by getting the team in order. So again, talent. Uh, we you know we always talk about talent and how important talent is to any business. Mm. And this is also you know, especially now, you know, and we're talking about like. Um, you know, I'm 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 dealing right now with a couple of companies who are legacy companies of 40 and 50 year old businesses. Mm. And uh, after the pandemic, you know, these are companies that are making in hundreds of millions of dirhams a year. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, uh, they had, as you said earlier, as you said right now as well, they had many projects on the back burner, but because they're making money, they really never saw the light of day, right? And now. Mm. And now, you know, they're reaching out to me and reaching out to a lot of these people who are talking about digital transformation and talking about pivoting. Um, and so, but, you know, when you sit down with these people, they they do not have the internal skills to actually do what they want to do. And, and, and they, and, and, you know, and the good companies understand that they don't have that talent and that they need to go out and hire this talent for those specific cases. But for you know, yeah. younger uh, companies or startups, you know, a team, uh, you know, finding that specific talent can really make you or break you because they would bring mm -hmm. in all the knowledge uh, because, you know, you, you know, I'm a big believer of a lot of people can do a lot of things on their own, but it mm. when you hire talent, it's just, you know, decreases the time to your goal. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you know, like I remember you and I worked together one time, right? Uh, we worked on the same, in the same company and we, you know, we kept questioning why they brought in somebody from whatever company, right? But then we understood, I understood in the end saying, okay, and mm. instead of us learning on our own, it takes us like a year to bring in somebody and then that you know that that cycle drops to three months and so talent plays a big part in how fast you get into the the pivot or the uh, the offering or the product that's coming on yeah. uh, as well as in, the, in the, the assessing the finances as well right so if you're going to pivot into something understanding first of all that you need new talent or you perhaps need to upskill your existing talent is something that clearly needs to be considered when you're trying to understand how much is this pivot going to cost exactly exactly and and and, and keep in mind there's a lot of talent that can be taught uh, uh, you know uh, if, especially if it's the the pivot is not very off of its base so that's yeah. a training issue um, but even like even if it's a major pivot and you have some staff who who are very talented or who have a, a, a great appetite to learning new things. So that's something you can definitely, yeah, hmm. you know, uh, train. Yeah. But again, but again, adding more talent uh, that tackles that specific issue that you're pivoting into will tremendously help your cause, will tremendously help you in also uh, gaining customers because gain, hmm. uh, customers would want to know if, you, if you've done this before, what kind of experience they have. And so, yeah recognizing the need that talent is 
a major, major component in uh, the pivot um, is honestly, in my opinion, a pivot for some of these leaders, because a lot of yep. them do not understand that they think, you know, well, well, this is tech, you know, well, no, no, there's a million verticals in tech. So, um, mm. and, um, I am, you know, I've had a very good conversations with a lot of business decisions, uh, decision leaders in uh, UAE and in and the surrounding mm. countries uh, about these topics. And I've had some t- conversations that were, <laughs> Let's just say they weren't very stimulating at all. So, uh, you know, people clearly have, they think that, as you said earlier, things will come back to where it was while we are in a new world. They will normalize, but our new normal will not be the same old normal. That's what, you know, uh, we'll find that out. So that's, you know, I can't, like, I can't stress how, you know, Talent is important, and I think we uh, we talked about uh, examples earlier. Um, I can't remember. I remember one of the examples was like the Michelin. Uh, you know, when Michelin yeah. uh, they wanted, they actually pivoted into the the restaurant business by uh, yeah. issuing Michelin stars. But you know, you can get the executives from the tire company to actually give out quality stands for restaurants. So, so they, that's, that's an example of a complete pivot. Uh, yeah. And I think the only thing shared is this, like the founder of both companies are the same guy that, and that, you know, they, this guy had something in the back burner and he wanted to do this for the longest time while you had yeah. companies, uh, you know, like an online company adding uh, a product that would serve not their main source of revenue, but their other source of revenue. That's like mm. a mini pivot. So, um, so there's a lot of lot, lot of difference, and you know, every one of these it's, needs it's, a different type of uh, talent. I think the pivot is more the focus. So, if, like I said, if you're if you're having to switch uh, the focus of either your, your staff or your finances to uh, another direction, that is ultimately what the pivot is, right? Um, yeah. And I think the focus thing is the, is the is the key thing for me because that's ultimately what because sometimes focusing on the wrong thing is a distraction, right? Yeah. Uh, and and that's the risk if it, if it's not uh, a commitment that's made solid by the leaders of the organisation, it's a distraction that can lead to the detriment of the existing business streams or the existing revenue streams rather. So so there needs to be that assessment. Okay, if we are going to do this. Um, what what it needs to be made clear. What is the what is the opportunity here? And I think that kind of ties in to the to the third uh, strategy but, or third thing that you're talking. But about. L- let me add one more thing before we jump into the last one. Um, okay. uh, when it comes to team as well, we have to make sure of one major issue is you have to be transparent with your existing team on what yeah. needs to happen because if people suddenly uh, you know, change management is one of the hardest things to do for leaders and for companies. And if they're mm-hmm. not aware, uh, if the employees are not aware of what's happening, and then suddenly you're adding all these new processes and new and new ideas of products and stuff like that, people get mm-hmm. to tend to get scared, and then they, you know, they start to panic, and then you, you know, and then they'll start to resist whatever new changes that it is, and it just becomes a much bigger uh, conversation. And that's why. People need to be a part of uh, that decision process because then they would help you uh, transition much easier and faster into whatever you wanted to pivot into. So that that whole uh, concept of uh, 
being very transparent is very, very, very important. And mm-hmm. and and with that as well, um, there's something. Uh, I promise the last thing I'm going to say about the team thing, but. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, you know, when people pivot into new ideas or new businesses, some of your old legacy staff, you know, they don't belong. Mm. And, and and that's another thing you have to worry about. And, you know, do we, you know, if yeah. they can't, you, know, you go through the training route, but if it doesn't work out for them, what do you do with them now? You know, do you let them go? Yeah. Do you recommend them into other, you know, people? Or like, what do you, what do, you do exactly? And that's, I think that is yeah. one of the most, a lot of people think, okay, what's going to happen to our stuff? Uh, yeah. You know, they, they, you know, especially if big companies who've been uh, old legacy companies and staff have been there for 10 years plus, 20 years plus, you know, they become more like family. So what do you do with these people? So uh, this is a very important part uh, that uh, people need to answer, especially the leadership of the uh, companies. Yeah, I want to jump to that. I think, and I think you're quite right. It needs to come transparency is the key here because you know if everybody's bought into the reason why there's a change and why there's a reason for um you know perhaps upskilling or transitioning into different roles in order to keep the business so everybody keeps their job for example then uh that can only work if everyone's bought into it right yeah 100 percent. like if, if if people don't buy into it never happen yeah so you know, uh, just last not last week the week before um one of the things they've had to do is is um instigate salary cuts for their organization right across the board they're only a small organization about 30 people uh, but everybody's had to take um a a short-term uh salary adjustment but what they made very clear um in in starting this was that we will first of all we will pay you back that is the that is the goal here Uh, but not only we will pay you back they put in two um uh, conditions if you like oh one was okay if one of these top three projects that we're pitching comes in everyone gets paid back for this period because the, you you then have complete insight and yes you know the money's the money's with us um or if one of those three doesn't come in then as long as they hit a certain um uh revenue threshold by the end of september then again everybody gets paid back so what that's now done within the organization is everybody is you know it's all hands to the pump right um, you've got people within the organization that are doing things that uh, their existing role might be not necessarily redundant, but they, their existing role is quieter, let's say, from an activity standpoint, because they don't have the, the regular business. So they're still working full time, but they're helping their colleagues perform their roles because now everybody is working to the same objective, which is ultimately how a company should run anyway, right? Yep. It's only when it gets so big that we really start to feel kind of isolated in our um, in, in, in our in our functions. Um, and it, it, I guess the sign of a good organisation is one where which when where people are responsible for a particular role, but they are um, loyal enough. I guess it, it could be a, a word for it, or even responsible again uh, as an extension to that. Um, yep because they feel that they have this agency over their own um, growth and over the growth of the company, they feel responsible to, to look after other people within the organization as well. So it's, it's I, th- I think it was just fascinating what, because I know many, many companies that have had to make salary adjustments, but this was only one company that, that I'd spoken with that had actually put metrics in place um, to pay their staff back. Everyone wow. else was just, we'll pay you back when we get the money, which is just too loose 
a definition from a from a staffing point of view to keep them motivated, sure. right? Sure, sure. No, I, and I and I, you know, I heard it a lot, but I, I honestly haven't heard like a payment pack plan payback from anybody yeah. and good on them that's uh i mean they're they, you know I, I guess they know what they're doing and i they yeah. have a plan which is good you know i think that's that's um you know maybe that's the fourth pillar we should talk about is the plan you need to have like a solid plan for pivoting you know what i mean like you just say you just can't have yeah. say um, my gut feeling is if i do this we will be successful there so a plan should be there but anyway, in all cases, let's talk about the third point before we jump off plan to uh, yeah. to talk about the plan, right? So, uh, yeah, the, so the yeah. Board, I mean, um, it, it, it is, the, is the need for an advisory board of sorts, right? Whether that's, um, like you say, a non-exec team or a consultant that you bring in. Um, but talk, talk us through that, Abe. So, um, you know, um, advisors or advisory board, again, it's, you know, it's always been there, but uh, the term has become very popular in the last five years, especially with all these startups. Um, mm. You know, they and 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 I think it became very popular because you know the average age of a startups, uh, you know, is usually a much younger than an average leadership team of an SMB or SMB mm. or even enterprise, and yeah. so they need more. You know, uh, they've got no time in the trenches, right? So exactly. Need so they, guidance. they need people with experience to come and tell them uh, or tell them from experience what happened to them. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that that's, you know, it's always been there in all fairness. And uh, mm. actually, in the last five years, the average age of the entrepreneur as well of a startup entrepreneur, tech startup mm. entrepreneur has uh, increased tremendously. Like in the U.S. right now, the average age of a startup entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur is in the mid 40s while 10 years ago it was in the mid 20s right so uh, because obviously you know they say experience is king and i i do 100 agree into that um and so keeping in saying that a lot of times you know especially in pivots and especially when we're talking about uh, you know more established companies like you know the tech mm -hmm. firm who's been out there for 15 years or the uh, medical agency who's been there for 30 and all those companies that are really looking to pivot uh, mm -hmm. they're not looking for advisors on how do they run the day-to-day -day business but they're looking on advisors into the space that they want to get into you know what I mean? Yeah. Or they want to get it. They want to get financial advisors to see how, because, you know, you know, we say, let's say we talk about some of the companies and, mm. you know, uh, coming back to talent and they say, oh, tech talent, they keep saying tech talent is expensive. Well, you have this, uh, let's say, food production plant who wants to move into something a bit more techy. Their pay scales are not the same as a, a tech pay scale so they need to yeah. understand so they would hire you know somebody from that field to actually advise mm -hmm. them or you know reach out to an advisor and um, not only that they would not know how to automate certain things or even mm -hmm. how to you know that whole agile versus waterfall uh, methodology and for those who don't know what those are um, you know, waterfall is. Remember the windows back in the days where, you know, every three, four months you used to get a patch and you 
you click on install and it installs everything. Well, that's called yeah. water waterfall. While agile, you know, every you can deploy multiple updates in a day to a website without you know this website being down or anything like that. So that whole mentality of um, mm. small um, small changes every day makes the product much better. While the yeah. waterfall is just here, you know, have it on a CD kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any people have my CDs anymore, but anyway, regardless. Uh, so this this is so um, going back to that, you need advisors that would yeah. help you address all these issues from you know the technology, from finances to even domain experts. And I um, and sometimes people bring in advisors just because they're a name in in that certain um, ecosystem. You know what I mean? Like you bring in um the best or the most recognized person in in the food business if you're a uh, food tech business if you're a food business wanting to do, to add a technology aspect to it or you would bring in somebody from a digital health right if this, if this is something that's going to be um uh let's say public knowledge about you know you're moving into a new domain you're opening up a new product line for example you've never done it before the fact that you've consulted with XYZ, for example, makes it a credible product now, uh, rather than just, like you say, a short-term pivot to make some quick cash, um, which is another thing, right? Which is another part of the decision, I guess. Is this is this a short-term pivot, or is this actually a strategic change yeah. in direction, or at least an arm of an arm of the business? And the and the and the beauty about that is because technically these companies have a bit of legacy, so they have a brand at least mm. identity or a brand uh, equity yeah. in the market. So they're well established. So they can leverage that name towards uh, mm. attracting better uh, advisors. And, you know, with a better advisor and a name that usually, you know, more customers would tend to sign up with people like that because it gives them history, you know? And that's, you know, yeah. that's one of the main issues actually with startups is, is they might have a great team and they might have everything, but they because they don't have history, people are like, well, we we do mm-hmm. not want to be the guinea pigs, or or, yeah. and that's why a lot of startups fail is because they could never they're never able to attract this main their their first major customer. Well, you know, yeah. if it's a legacy customer, been out there for 20 years, it's, and they're not going to go bankrupt in a day or two, uh, or the next day, I guess, then you know, and then adding that certain talent that firepower, the, those advisors, would just help people just get much better and faster into getting into where they wanted to go. Yeah, 100%. Cool. So look, I think just to kind of um, to sum up then, I think the reality is this is this is something that a lot of companies are considering at the moment. I, you know, is it, given that the landscape has changed and the, the new landscape is here to stay, let's say, um, you know, do we, is it the right time to pivot? I think the reality is it's obviously based on an individual basis, depending on what your current existing business looks like uh, and what what is the extent of the pivot you're, you're considering. Um, but the quicker you do it, the better, because obviously the longer you take, the more cash you burn, especially if you're operating within the same um, overheads uh, as, you, as you have been uh, previously, but obviously the, with, with reduced income. So there's a lot of things that are obviously specific to your organization to consider. Um, but the three things, if you like, to, to, to make sure you have in place to enable you to make that decision uh, would be obviously get a firm handle on what your finances are to assess. You know, what is the opportunity cost 
in in switching focus um, to to pursue this new revenue revenue stream. Um, getting the team in order, so making sure you know, do you have the right players in place today uh, yep. in order to capitalize on that? Don't do you get in a get in a consultant to advise you on that, or do you need to recruit uh, new people? That could be salespeople, that could be marketing, that could be an R and D division. You know, depending on the extent of your um, uh, pivot. And then the third thing, as you said, is the um, is the advisory board, right? And, and this advisory board really looked to give you insights into again everything that we've discussed already, but perhaps also. You know, if you're if you're bringing another product to market, then what price point do you position yourself, right? So sure. there's a number of different factors that need to be considered. It's not just a case of we'll start building X instead of Y, uh, and we'll make a killing like everyone else. How, how much is that going to cost? How much can you sell it for? Exactly, and, and you know, all these three points would definitely then jump into that. The fourth one that we talked about, which is the plan, you know, yeah. and, you know, it's fine that a lot of these leaders had a started a business on a gut feeling or or on some insight and then they built something. But yeah. nowadays it's a, a bit more different. It's a lot different than it you know, was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, yeah. Now you can make good, uh, you know, scientific uh guesstimations i guess uh the word is because there's a lot of data out there to find out you know like a competitor landscape uh to find out talent um uh, and you know you need a plan like honestly like a lot of people say yeah. we want to do this are like okay so what is the first plan the first plan then we walk into the finance team and advisors but then we want to see a realistic time plan you know if are we gonna build something that's gonna take 18 months in R&D? You know, by the time 18 months, people get you know less enthusiastic about a certain product or a service, so they might yeah. fall back on their own way. So there needs to be constant, um, how do I say this? Constant uh, nagging, or constant yeah. uh, staying on top of the idea because, you know, um, and in in all fairness. It cannot be a quick, uh, you know, pivot where, you know, you see the money there, you know, and then you jump on that idea. It's like not a one-time uh, hit, hit and run kind of pivot because that really ruins uh, mm. the brand equity and, uh, you know, what you've been building for years and years and years and years. Um, yeah. And I see a lot of companies fall into that trap, you know, they... You know, in COVID, a lot of the companies became, especially the logistics companies, and they became heavy on uh, uh, medical, anything medical equipment. You know, they uh, they would import masks or they would import whatever. Like, and I saw a lot of companies fall into the, that trap, and now trying to take themselves back into what they were doing or trying to find something that is sustainable. So make sure that pivot. Sustainable. Yeah, sorry, it just. So sorry, I was just about to read a couple of questions. One of them was uh, by Simon. Thank you, Simon. Um, his question was: Have you ever witnessed? Uh, so this is to you, Abe. Have you ever witnessed anyone who's pivoted, um, but then needed to regress back to their um, original business plan? I think that's what you were just about to give an example of, right? Yeah, and and I, I you know what, in uh, in the startup world, I see that mm. all the time. You yeah, know, people. They they build something and then they 
they build something smaller and they try it and then it doesn't work and then they go back to their original plan. So yeah. again, um, and, and, and that's why usually the pivots are done on a small task force where they assign one or two people to build like a minimal vial product, an MVP. Yeah. Uh, and test it. And once it's validated and then there's customers for it and their customers are willing to pay for it, then people mm -hmm. usually pivot. It's not like, you know, we're going to stop doing this and start doing this kind of marta. There's always, you know, they turn off marketing, uh, let's say from 100% to 50%, and then they put a bit of marketing on the new pivot, and then they slowly uh, gauge both of them uh, while yeah. winding down one and I see that those are the most successful models, but nobody goes like cold turkey from, you know, one day they're doing this. And I, I know, I can't mention names, but I know a couple of big companies or startups who started in uh, early 2000s in MENA uh, hmm. who are not here with us anymore because of the, they, they just trusted their gut launched something and then it totally backfired in their face. So yeah. uh, that's something that is not, uh, it's usually be done. Make sure there is always a, a line, a point, a, a point to back up to, again, to your original idea. Uh, the other question from uh, Clive is, um, so, sorry, one second. Um, so what product lines or businesses have you seen companies pivot into? Um, so, in my experience, so what I've been discussing with companies over the last, thank you, Klaus. Um, so what I've been discussing with companies over the last few months are the, the companies moving into trying to take advantage of supply chain, uh, cybersecurity services, uh, cloud consulting. Um, one of the interesting ones from a um, hardware point of view, so the company providing uh, cameras for CCTV. Um, they've actually pivoted into, it's only a slight pivot you could, you could argue, but uh, just an upgrade if you like in the cameras that they're offering, so the thermal imaging cameras. Um, so again, this is something they didn't provide before, but now they're doing it because of the current situation. That is only a very, for them it's a very simple, um, I don't even know if you call it pivot, it's very, it's very, um, it's, it's not, it hasn't taken them very far from their existing More of a business model. feature than an actual product product, right? Like they're added that on the feature. Yeah. yeah. And I'm seeing the same thing, uh, Rich. Like uh, a lot of people that reached out to us are tech firms who are trying to get into security, uh, yeah. are like old school medical firms who are now trying to do more digital health. Uh, mm -hmm. Those, are the, And obviously a lot of companies, um, a couple of really smart ones, I guess, that were utilizing either uh, in logistics, whether they're warehousing or their actual network of cars and trucks and bikes uh, mm. to deliver certain things, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, yeah. we actually have a company in our portfolio in Startup Bootcamp who grew tremendously in, in COVID because uh, they had a big warehouse and they do, um, you know, they do storage plus shipping and packing, uh, packing mm. and shipping, sorry. And uh, people were, doing it out of like especially small smaller um online shops you know that had shopify stores um mm -hmm. suddenly these guys saw a big influx because these guys can go back to their mini stores or mini warehouses so they shipped them yeah. off to the startup and because this guy had a whole operation uh, mm. functioning so we saw a lot of growth in that so there mm -hmm. is a lot of uh there was a couple of industries that really gained um, 
AI yeah. is another big one, by the way. Uh, companies that did AI in anything, whether it's uh, facial recognition, whether it's the thermal imaging for cameras, like you can, you know, go to any mall in, in these countries and you'll see a thermal camera. And now there you have cameras that not only do thermal, but they do counting. They count how yeah. many... Uh, People are in a certain area, so you know, for to maintaining social distancing. Uh, mm. But again, like, I think these businesses are here to stay. Uh, but are they? But as more and more competition comes up right now, it's going to be tougher to maintain their market uh, share. But that's, but that's a different argument. Yeah. But uh, it, so those those are the three major things I saw. Yeah. So one of the companies I was talking to, they were actually they 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 pivoted uh, one of their production lines. Um, and this admittedly was a was only a temporary move, but it was more to maintain staff and maintain wages. So this is they belong to they're they're a tech house, but they're actually part of a larger group that has a textile division as well. Um, and they basically pivoted the textile because that that business has dropped dramatically. Um, they pivoted into creating uh, masks, um, which they're now shipping um, a lot. He admitted that, look, this isn't really a moneymaker for us. They're literally just covering costs, but it means that we can keep our staff in place um, yeah. until a time when perhaps we can get back to the, the normal um, business, should we say. But I just thought that was quite interesting as well. It was, it, was a, it was a pivot at a necessity, so it's an opportunity. But for them, it's not an opportunity for growth. Or, it's just to keep their business stable. Keep everybody, yeah, exactly. And, and I did see one or two companies do that, you know, especially, um, you know, they've converted their uh, manufacturing facility to produce something for, like, uh, we we even have a company in Italy that uh, did 3D printing, and suddenly mm. they were printing uh, br uh, breathalyzers. They're, br like, printing the basic... Uh, yeah like the uh, the outer you know components for the breathalyzers uh, and they were selling it to hospitals so uh you know you, you can just put an uh, like a scuba tank in there and it becomes like a, a breathalyzer so so there you know there was a lot of there's a lot of innovation that came out of that um, obviously the pandemic and and yeah. uh, these are the businesses that um, you know they 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 never had an intention of pivoting respirators mm -hmm. but they were they were printing all kinds of other things in a manufacturing value chain. And yeah, so, and they lost that main business. That's kind of interesting. You talk about innovation, Abe. Um, and I guess even, it, it'd be a really interesting conversation for some SMBs to have with their staff as to, okay, you know, things are tough at the moment. If we were to pivot, if we were to open a new product line, product somewhere, what would that be? And just, just to engage their staff in, in these kind of ideas. You know, and, and maybe even lead the innovation, you know, let the staff lead the innovation to some extent, because I think um, what's, what's really interesting sometimes is, is sometimes, you know, we, we have, and I remember this from when, days when you and I used to work together, um, there is so much talent within a lot of organizations, but not, they're not given uh, license Autonomy. to create or to submit ideas on, on that kind of scale that can have an effect on the business. And right now, when people are looking for that kind of those impactful ideas, I think now is a fantastic time to engage our employees with, uh, you know, in that kind of common conversation. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, always, that's why that's why it goes back to the leadership aspect when we talked about um, mm. uh, talent. You know, um, it's a good idea to 
you know, have a sound a soundboard to just, you know, jot ideas and then see what they, they come back with, you know, like um, yeah. we had a lot of, we had a lot of business leaders who came up to us uh, and said, I'm thinking of doing this. And then mm-hmm. you challenge, like from the first question, it wasn't even a challenge. Then they would mm-hmm. back out of their idea. You know what I mean? Because operationally, they don't have it. Uh, logistically, they can't, it can't be done or requires so much cash. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, calling um, certain, you know, some manpower needed was not something that's available that can be in a certain area. You know what I mean? Like keep in mind yeah. in COVID, we have, you know, not everybody could have, could leave the house without a permit and so mm. there was a lot of that things that uh needed to be addressed and a lot of the ideas came from you know the frontliners and came from the middle manager saying no well mm. what we can help is we can do this this and that and you know and innovation open innovation uh, that is embraced in a company always in my opinion always helps uh companies get a lot more uh you know uh, innovative and a lot on that innov- uh, creativity edge you know what i mean so i've seen that done um, mm. in many 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 times and and they do well yeah no 100 hey, look we've, we'll just take one more question before we uh before we close um sure. Simon again asks, um are there any um sorry let me just uh, read the question just so i understand the wording um so are there any pivots well, are there any pending pivots that you haven't yet seen? Um, Simon, if, correct me if I'm, if I'm uh, mistaken. What I think you mean by that is, um, are there any things that are yet to be exploited uh, in the current environment? Is that is that what you mean with um, when you when you say pivots that we haven't seen yet? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So does, does that make sense, Abe? Eh? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I understand what Simon's trying to get to. Um, I think, I think, I, I'm gonna reword the word pivot into innovation. I think there's okay. a lot to be done, uh, a lot to be done in uh, addressing a lot of the things that we kind of were overlooking, and most of that is is in the two sectors. Um, in in again, this is my personal. It's in uh, touchless payments. I think in the payments method because. You know, people like, like I, don't, I don't know, most of your people who are on this webcast are probably from the UAE or Dubai. But mm-hmm. as we leave this UAE bubble, that the cash is still, you know, is the most way of transacting with, with any merchant or anything like that. I think, I think I think the second one, the big one is, is the digital health. We're going to see a lot more disruption in health. Um, we're going to see a lot more disruption in education, uh, but education will take a bit a bit more time because I think the content of education needs to be updated before the actual delivery method will be. Uh, but that's why health, I think, is there's a lot of investments going into health. Um, and so those are the two. And obviously, whatever supports both of them, whether it's health, you know, our health data and our financial data, cybersecurity will it will essentially be the the founding uh, how do i say the foundation to all of these so so but yeah. I, I i see a lot of that in the finance plus the health uh sectors uh, and they're all going to be playing on a big tech uh on a tech angle so 
I think that's, if, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, I think so. But listen, thanks very much for that, Abe. We hope you enjoyed the session. If you'd like Alcon Maddox to support your next talent acquisition project, please contact Richard at alconmaddox.com or visit our website for more information.